Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is a Wednesday edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, glad to be here with you on this Wednesday edition. Uh, We have plenty coming up on the show today. Opportunities to win prizes. We've got a sneak peek opening of the Hunger Games. Was that tomorrow? We've got to get you some tickets to that thing. So we'll do a couple pairs of those giveaways. Uh, We've got some HTO to give away. It's all available for you on the IHOP hotline, which is at 869-1240. IHOP, where guests can try the homestyle turkey and stuffing melt. A deliciously comforting melt with roast turkey, mayo, grilled onions, cornbread stuffing, mixed berry topping, four cheese blend, griddled with multi-grain bread, and served with turkey gravy and a choice of side. That's a mouthful, uh, literally and figuratively there, Tommy. Uh, but we have that for you. Jad Chambers driving this ship for you again. I'm Jacob Albrock alongside Tommy Caster. Glad to be with you on this Sports Daily The morning after a late basketball game that we definitely will talk about today between KU and Kentucky. Uh, Just a ton of fun. Love the Champions Classic. We'll get into that. We'll begin to look ahead at the Sunflower Showdown. Uh, Some changes, apparently, to tiebreaker rules in Big 12 football that will certainly impact uh, the two schools that we follow ahead of the Sunflower Showdown. So we'll get into that. Just uh, a lot there today. We'll continue to get ready for the Chiefs Monday Night Football game. Uh, as well, uh, major injury in the NFL. Tommy, how are you? Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, I want to. I want to yeah, write a petition uh, to at some point have the Champions Classic, the KU game, and the Champions Classic be the early game for once. No uh, way. I feel like every year it's the late game, and uh, God, I'm tired. And, and you know when you've got yeah, but I don't... when you've got little kids, you know, and then you're staying up until what eleven, eleven thirty to finish the game. It, it's a it's a late night. I'm not even home from work by six o'clock when those games tip. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want that. Like I, we got to have. No way. No. 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 We've got to have. Uh, we got to have the later game. I, I didn't mind it. I mean, I. You know, I'm up kind of late anyway. I'm a night owl. Uh, but that, that was pretty late. That was pretty late for a basketball game. It was awesome though. It was a great game. I didn't know how it was going to end up. I will say. You know, I think maybe my biggest takeaway is Kentucky was way better than I thought they would be at this point, and they're going to be really stinking good by the end of the year, especially when they get their bigs back. Uh, they they impressed me a ton. Man, they are fast and explosive. It was worrying me in the beginning. I'm like, of all these things we know about this KU team and like, are they athletic enough? That That thought did creep into my head, right? They're skilled. They're insanely skilled. And they'll play good defense, but are they? How athletic are they? And I don't know the answer to that, but I, I think they obviously can overcome it because Kentucky was giving them everything they had, and KU was just kind of you know cruising right through and and almost won. It felt like maybe through attrition last night, but man, what a great fun game! And I know it wasn't the prettiest game, but it was a lot of fun. I thought. Yeah, it was high level basketball between two really really good programs and. You know, I've cautioned it before, and, I, and I'm trying to talk myself out of it, of overreacting to a college basketball game in the month of November. But it's really difficult because of the performance from both teams to not overreact about, you know, how they both played. I'm with you. I think Kentucky is really good. They're really, really athletic. They shot the ball out of their minds, especially in the first half. 
uh, where it looked like Kansas was going to be in a big hole that they weren't going to be able to climb out of. Um, but, of, of course, Bill Self's second-half adjustments are, are legendary. Kansas got back in the game. You mentioned the Jayhawks winning almost by attrition. I don't disagree with you because I think that the veteran presence of Kansas won out over the they raw did. athleticism of Kentucky. Uh, the, the Wildcats looked a little tired towards the end of the game. You're dealing with really young players with Kentucky that you know played really well to start the game and then I think got tired towards the end and that allowed Kansas to get back into it. But man, some individual performances that we've not seen for the Jayhawks in over a decade. And we're not talking about the Jayhawks playing a team like North Carolina Central or Manhattan. We're talking about them playing Kentucky in the Champions Classic. Hunter Dickinson, 27 points, 21 rebounds. The first time a Kansas player has done that, 20 and 20, since Thomas Robinson back in 2012. Kevin McCuller with a triple-double. That hasn't happened since Jeff Withey in 2011. And then, of course, DeWan Harris adding uh, his 23 points, which was incredible. So some really great individual performances kept the Jayhawks in the game late, and they were able to pull away and get the win. And, and you know, they were navigating fouls in the game, too. Don't I, I mean, I think that's probably the lesson to the rest of the country, and I will be stunned if we see a team dare DeWan Harris to shoot like that again. I think he would have gone 10 for 11. Yeah. Like, he wasn't missing. And yeah, he, they just he, kept, he was he looked okay. Like, he, yeah. like, he almost, like, he almost, like, begged him, like, are yeah. you going to defend me? Uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the shot then. Like you almost have to talk him into it, right? He looked but, like he looked like Steph know. Curry out there. I mean, with the, with the shots that he was taking, and you know, I just I felt like, and you're exactly right. Kentucky's game plan coming in was to give Dewan Harris his space and dare him to shoot the basketball. Well, because he had he had taken like he was averaging one point a game. Yeah. Like he wasn't shooting. And right. so they're like, well, if he's not going to shoot, let's, let's focus in. And so I thought that was good to see from him. I don't think that's what he wants to do. I think he's good at it, but for whatever reason, he, it's not his game and he wants to control things in other ways. It, it was just, it was interesting because it's what it points out is like, it's going to be really, really difficult to beat Kansas this year because they just are so experienced. And and you just think about like all the minutes between McCullough and Adams and Dickinson and Harris. Like they're never nothing's ever going to get too big for them. And no, I don't think this is I kept trying to think last night as I'm watching Harris and Dickinson. It's not as explosive as Doke and Dot, and I still would probably take Doke and Dot. And that and like what they and and we'll give them a little time. They obviously had more time together than than these two will have. But it's very different with Harris and Dickinson. Like it's totally different. I mean, Harris was forcing him the ball at times, uh, and you get why, right? It, it was clear. And I thought this would be a huge Hunter Dickinson game. I bet that, like, because because Kentucky didn't have their bigs, it was clear what Kansas needed to do, and that's what they did. And and you know, Kentucky wasn't going to shoot the lights out the whole game. And if they were, it was like Kansas was willing to accept that. Like if they, if they shoot like that the whole game, we're not going to beat them anyway. And their attrition won out. I'll tell you this too. This three games into the season, when I'm looking at the roster, that fifth starter for me, isn't Timberlake. No. I, I, I thought, I thought that the team looked significantly better with, El Marco Jackson, who is coming on quickly, I think, and his you know his stat line's not going to point out. But you know what he did? He made his free throws late. 
And I thought, like, in very limited minutes, I, I and it was such a short period of time, but I think Jamari McDowell is going to be able to be a factor too. I, I, I like his game a little bit, and it was it was a just a just a tiny amount of time. But Marco Jackson looks pretty good, and and I think that he's you know going to ultimately, and he was last night. Timberlake is Timberlake need probably will just need to be a specialist. Like just an absolute specialist because I I think there is a definite line in like I don't know if it's athleticism I don't even know what it is but I I can see you nodding so I think you agree like no, there's something yeah. different when he's out there yeah and and look I, I know that individual plus minuses don't tell the whole story it's hard to put a whole lot of stake into that but Nick Timberlake was minus twenty when he was on the court I mean he was by far the worst player for the Jayhawks and the team overall looked worse when he was out there. And I don't know if that's a matter of being on the big stage and not being ready for it. Although El Marco Jackson, that was his first time on the big stage, and Jamari McDowell, they played pretty well. So, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not, I don't think that Nick Timberlake has come into his own quite yet. And really, you know, I was going to say my only concern, I guess, coming out of the game is that, you know, Bill Self rode his starters. And in the first half, that was big for Kentucky. Kentucky had a lot of bench points, and Kansas had none. In fact, they only finished with four bench points overall, uh, the Jayhawks did. So, you know, I don't know if you can classify that as a concern right now by saying that, you know, they don't really have a whole lot of bench production. But I think once you get into the grind of the Big 12, we, we talked about Bill Self's tight rotations all the time, you know, whether it's a seven-man rotation or what that looks like. You want to see a little bit more production from the guys coming off the bench. Johnny Furphy had no points in 12 minutes of action. He's still getting kind of up to speed. You know, there's a couple of guys that I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get their feet underneath them. But that was the only thing coming out of the game last night that I thought, "Eh, I don't love that, was just the lack of bench production. I don't know that they're going to need it. They will, you know, that was they a will game in conference that, play. They will in conference play for sure. Maybe that was a game they that was a game they got into some foul trouble and they played through it. They're, he's going to give these older players the ability, I think, to do that. You know, and it, it just like you trust them, and and there is a difference, I think, for a coach and just trusting that your guys know what you and Ke, you know KJ Adams made a bad play there to foul out. That was a mistake. Um, but other than that, they played. I thought they played through it just fine. Yeah, they're going to need depth because you never know what happens in a season. But I do think he's going to give them long leash in a game, and I think they're going to play tons of minutes. And, you know, is it enough to have, you know, Furphy, Timberlake, Brown, McDowell? Like, it's not, it's, it's not the best bench they've ever had. We'll just put it that way. But, you know, those guys need room to grow, too, because they're all new to the program, essentially. Yeah, it, so w- not, maybe it gets better. I, I don't know. It's not the best bench they've ever had, but I think that there is a decent ceiling with the bench, you know, especially with Johnny Furphy. I think that he can grow into the role that, you know, he's meant to play on this team. You know, you mentioned K.J. Adams. We talked about Dickinson. We talked about Harris. We talked about McCuller. And I know Adams fouled out, but he shot the ball great. I mean, he was 8 of 11 from the field. And his energy level, uh, I thought, was off the charts in, in the game and had a really had a couple of really athletic plays uh, that were crucial and important, you know, throughout the game for the Jayhawks. And, you know, you mentioned how Dewan Harris forced the ball to Hunter Dickinson. And I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that inside out game that, you know, we we know the Jayhawks love to do. We know Bill Self loves to sure. have a big time post player and play inside out. They were able to do that. And, and I thought that. Probably the most crucial play of the game was that late three from Dickinson before halftime. 
that cut the Kentucky lead down to eight, yeah. got it within single digits. I mean, an eight-point lead at halftime versus an 11-point lead at halftime. I think there's a world of difference between those two. I thought that was an incredibly crucial and important play for Dickinson and the fact that they were able, and what I love about Hunter Dickinson and why everybody wanted him is his versatility and what he can do down in the post, and he can step out and shoot the three. I mean, that's a big-time weapon. Of course it is for Kansas. It's not just that. I mean, Bill Self is, to me, the best coach of the true center in the college game, and Dickinson, I think one of the bigger reasons Dickinson chose Kansas is to elevate his game a bit, and I think that he will. I think we're going to see the best of him. It, I, I, their bench is not going to be the best bench they've ever had, but if health holds true, they've never needed a bench less because at what point in any game are you going to feel like you need Dickinson, Adams, Harris, or McCuller not on the floor? Right, they really like need to rotate one other guy out, unless there's extenuating circumstances. But those guys just don't need to come off the floor. And not all star players are that way, right? Like some star players, you have to protect a little bit. Not those guys. Like they're all really, really, really smart, savvy basketball players. And and that's what played through last night. Kansas did not play its best game last night, and a part of that had to do with Kentucky. Again, I I thought honestly, like as I sat there and watched that game, no matter what the outcome was going to be. My my thing was, like, Kentucky's really good, and they're going to be really good. I think that's probably, like, a Final Four-type team at, at minimum. Like, they, they're very good. And we've seen Kentucky over the years early in the season. That's the, that's the best early I can remember them looking as far as, like, you know, just playing the game. Like, it, what, they weren't just out there relying on athleticism or anything else, but, man, they are explosive. Holy moly, they're explosive. Yeah. But – I, I think that they're really good, and I think Kansas did not have its best game and still found a way. Again, I call it attrition because I felt like that's what it was as I was watching it. Kentucky would make its run, and they did that, what, three different times? And then Kansas just slowly but surely like just, just keeps chipping away and getting into it, but it was it was a lot of fun. Man, I love these early great games, and Kansas is going to get a ton of them here out of the gates this year. Yeah, and, you know, we've had so many conversations over the last few weeks about, you know, is there concern with the Jayhawks and the way that they looked in the exhibition and, you know, all of that stuff. And, and like, I, I, I know I've been pretty clear on it. I was never concerned, and it was be, it's because of the experience level of the, the guys that are on the team, right? And it's the fact that they, you know, have all of this wisdom and knowledge, and they've been there before. They know what they're doing. I thought it might take a minute for Harrison Dickinson to gel together, but I, I think it's there. I think it's completely done. And Dickinson even talked about it post game about you know having the best point guard in America in his mind feeding him the ball. And so I I, I think that knowing all of that combined and and it, it's difficult to gauge. And we've talked about it before. Difficult to gauge where a team is at when they're playing opening games against North Carolina Central in Manhattan. But when you go into Chicago in the United Center against a Kentucky team, and you can throw the, the rankings out the window. I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, Kentucky, I think, was ranked, what, 16th? They're better than 16th in the country for sure. They will be better. They, they Whether they be. are now or not, they will be. The, the, the rankings where they had Kentucky, they don't ultimately matter. That's a much better team with a ton of talent and athleticism and explosiveness. Dillingham was great. Reeves was great. I mean, they've got some young players that are going to be incredible for John Calipari. And, and so I'm a believer in them after the game last night. But knowing what the Jayhawks were able to do against that kind of talent and that kind of explosiveness, if anybody had any kind of lingering concerns about 
Kansas, I think you can put those to bed. It's a long season, and again, it's hard to overreact. You don't want to overreact to a game in November, but that's as good of a showing that you can have in an early season game because you take those body blows, you're down by double digits in the second half, you, t- you, you absorb them, and then you just you come back into it, you let your veteran presence ride you the rest of the way. I think those are the kinds of games, too, for a team like this that you remember when you're playing in the tournament. Right. Like we look, guys, we we were down double digits to Kentucky in the second half and we still were able to come back. We have to just stick to what we do. Um, So you're going to get in and they're going to continue to play games like that. Kansas isn't going to win all its games. I don't know if they fall off the number one seed at any point this year. They probably do at some point. I just it is going to be really difficult to beat them because of that. And and that's always in the back of their head, and that's a good start. So the Maui Invitational is up next. They open with Chaminade on uh, Saturday, and then no, yeah, that's, that's Monday. Uh, sorry, that's Monday. Monday. And then you get the next game, and then they play consecutive days. So you could potentially see Marquette, who's a top five team, uh, Purdue, who's a top five team, and Tennessee, who's a pop, top five team. Those are all in there. You could get two of those games, and the other teams, if they don't get those games, are UCLA, Gonzaga, and Syracuse. I mean, it's an incredible Maui Invitational this year, so Kansas will get uh, just some really high-quality games coming up, and they get a little break here uh, to get ready for it, get out there, travel out there. That'll be an emotional tournament, too, because of everything that's gone on with Maui, but what a, what a fun game last night. Again, I know I was talking to some other Jayhawk fans. They probably didn't, they didn't think it was quite as fun. Uh, but, but it got, but they got it done. I, I did think it was fun. I thought, I thought like that getting tested like that and still coming through with it was just perfect for KU yesterday. So, you know, they, they got it done. Everything's, everything's good to go. And Kansas gets to now go on to that Maui Invitational. Uh, the other big news from yesterday is this big 12 football rules change. Boy, I got to tell you, like, this is, this stinks. Like, something smells here. We're going to talk about it. The tiebreakers have been changed, right? They changed it. We'll tell you what happened and what it means moving forward when we return on Sports Daily. H. Boy, I'd love to uh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and hear the conversation between the Big 12 and Gene Taylor that's apparently coming today. Um, Big 12 changes its tiebreaker rules. That's uh, that's a big story here. We're going to get to that in just a second. Do want to open it up, though, to a pair of movie tickets, a sneak peek opening of The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Let's go first caller right now. You can watch it tomorrow at Boulevard Theaters in Town West Square, just call into the IHOP hotline, 869-1240 right now. Jad will get us a winner to our first caller. We'll get you some movie tickets to go check that out. All right, Tommy, uh, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here. It is Sports Daily. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching on our stream. So yesterday was strange. All of a sudden, we get some reporting from different places that the Big 12 is seeking to, quote-unquote, clarify the tiebreaker rules that – basically would put Oklahoma State in if Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma are tied. Now, let me say that that's the right thing to do, but that's not what the rule was and the way the rule was written. So they're not clarifying here. They're changing the rule. 
There's no, there's not clarifying when you literally change what the rule says, and the rule says that Kansas State would have made it in because there was no, you know, clear tiebreaker between all three of them. Oklahoma State beat them both. If all three are tied, Oklahoma State should be in. That is the way that it should be. That's not the way that it was, though, and that's not good for Kansas State. They're going to be the most angry here. Um, it was weird the way it came out, right? It was sort of coming out through a variety of reporters. It, it's it's the right thing to do, Tommy. It, it, sorry. It's the right rule. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. I don't think that it is. And it's certainly not the right way to do it. Yeah, what an absolute crock of garbage this is from the Big 12. I mean, this is absolutely terrible. Now, moving forward, did the rule become more correct? Sure, absolutely. Did they do the right yeah. thing in the long term? Yes, I think so. But you can't clarify it right now in the middle of the season. Like, take your medicine, say this was written poorly, and we will make changes after the season. The fact that they can just go ahead and arbitrarily adjust and modify the rules, I think is absolutely ridiculous. And if I'm Gene Taylor, I'm furious right now, and I'm, well, I'm sure. looking forward to hearing the way that that conversation goes. And if you're if you're confused or if you haven't heard about the way the rule is actually written with the Big 12, let me read it to you very quickly. It's very short. So here's the tiebreaker for at least three teams tied, which is the way that it stands right now and the way that it could be. Head-to-head, best cumulative win percentage in games among the tied teams. If not, every tied team has played each other. Go to step two. I don't know what that means. I don't think anybody knows what that means. And well, I think it that's means where that Kansas, it means that Kansas State and Oklahoma haven't played, so they're they're skipping that step. Exactly. And but the way that it was written, it's so poorly written. And you know, and I think a lot of people are wondering, like, how come this hasn't been an issue before? Well, before you had a, a true round robin schedule with the Big Twelve teams. There were ten teams in the conference. Every team played each other every single year, so every team had head-to-head against everybody else, so you could really establish a tiebreaker. It's different now this season with OU and Texas still in the conference and the four new teams that joined. Not every team plays every team throughout the entire season, so you've got this confusion with not every team having a head-to-head matchup against another team. So I understand how convoluted and confusing this is. You and I have gone back and forth multiple times over text. Like, do you understand this? Well, no, that's what I I was going to say. What's so funny about this is as this tiebreaker was sort of rolling itself out, we talked, I was like, let's wait for somebody else to decipher it because I can't, I don't know what this means. And so as they did and we got clarity and it was like, okay, well, this is actually good for K-State. It was like, all right. You know, they don't control their own destiny completely, and they still don't. And right. this, this honestly, this could still sort itself out. Like, it's not like they haven't, they still have to play the last two games, and all three of those teams would have to win all of those games for this to even be a factor anyway. But that is not unlikely. It's probably more likely than unlikely. In fact, they'll all be favored in those games that they play, I would guess. So it, it's just. I'm glad they're getting – for the future, I'm glad that they're coming to clarity because we're going to have future, an uneven yes. schedule. You know, what, what it tells me, too, is like – because you're going you're gonna to expand the conference further. And what's the number of teams? What are we getting to in the Big 12? You'll get you'll, 16, go, Yeah, there'll be 16 total, yeah. So 16 – like now more than ever, you need to split the league into divisions. Yep. And you need to get your divisional winners into the title game. 
And, you know, these uneven schedules, you're going to have this kind of a mess. If, if you just let it all be in one jumble, this is more likely to become a problem to where you could put everybody in a division, keep all your regional, and they're not going to do this, right? We already have seen the schedule now, but but they should have done it because you could have kept all the Western teams playing each other, kept those traditions alive, right? Vice versa, and then played a couple crossovers every year or played a better non-con. I mean, whatever you want to do, but you could have, that would have been the better answer because that would have clarified and made some of this a whole lot easier but it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder right. to sort through this. And I don't have, again, I don't have any issue with them clarifying or modifying. That's really what it is. They're modifing the rule. They're not clarifying. Well, they're changing. They're they changing can say it, whatever right? they want. They're changing the rule. Exactly. I don't have a problem with them doing that for the future. I have a problem with them doing it right now as we're almost done with the regular season. And it ends up like benefiting one team more than it does another. Now, don't get me wrong. Like Oklahoma State, and I know that Oklahoma State fans are probably pretty happy about this ruling because they beat OU in Bedlam and they beat Kansas State. So they've got head-to-head victories against both of those teams. So I, I understand that they're thinking that they're entitled to playing in a Big 12 title game because they beat both OU and Kansas State. I understand all of that, but that's not the way the rule was written. It's not anybody that can read that rule originally the way it was originally written, I think, interprets it as, okay. well, Kansas State probably wins that tiebreaker. That's the way you and I interpreted it with the way that it was through others, through through other people. But I think that's I think that's the way that they kind of like across the landscape was interpreted. And I don't know if this was the athletic director at Oklahoma State calling the Big 12 and saying, what what are you doing here? Like, can we talk? I don't, would have I don't been exactly ridiculous. know how that happened. It would but have been ridiculous for Oklahoma State to have beaten the two teams they were tied with and not get I in. get it, and, and I, I, symp- I sympathize with that, but, you but that's not the way the rule was written. You can't change the rule in the middle of the season. It's right. like It's like when you're in a fantasy football league and the commissioner goes through after the fact and tries to say, you know what, guys, I think we're going to have uh, – you know, I think we're going to have uh, touchdowns count for six points instead of four. Right. Like, wait, wait, hang on a minute. You can't do that in the middle of the season. Let's do it next year. That's fine, but you can't do it now. It's ridiculous. We'll see how Gene Taylor goes. I cannot wait for Gene Taylor to have that conversation, and I can't wait to hear from Gene. Apparently, we'll get – look, Fitz is going to be – uh, Fitz is going to be all in a tiff tomorrow with us here to, to go through this because he's mad about the timing. He's, you know, Gene Taylor was locked up with the CFP when they made this decision. Like, it's it'll be – It'll be entertaining to have uh, our K State insider Tim Fitzgerald. The other thing tomorrow. I want to, the other thing I want to point out with all of this is that if I'm OU, uh, I can't wait to get out of the Big Twelve. And, and you know, this is like a, obviously another piece of ammunition for them to say we got to get out of this conference, and they are right, like they're almost done. But like we can't wait to get out of here because the Big Twelve is arbitrarily changing, modifying the rules. They, and like you said, they can classify it as quote unquote clarifying all they want it's not well, a clarification it's not. They changed it they're changing it. they changed it yeah they are and and look we give your mark we blow plenty of smoke up his skirt all the time so he can take some criticism on this one this is a bad it's just a bad just bad time you can't do this you have to eat and and you know what anything that keeps it from being an oklahoma texas big 12 championship game is going to be better like we, that, that's the worst case scenario for the league is to let those two play each other in the Big Twelve Championship on their way out the door, like that. That's not good, and and this doesn't really affect that. But like I, I don't know. Like what are we doing here? And it sucks for us because we follow K State obviously, and 
again, this is all assuming that everything goes the way it's supposed to. I'll bet you this on uh, November 15th, like as we look at this, that's not going to happen anyway. This league has been too crazy this year. Something weird's going to happen, and those three teams aren't going to end up with the same record at the end of the year. It just doesn't feel like that's likely considering everything. Now, is it the most probable as far as like odds and statistics? And yes, it is, I think. I think all three of those teams are going to be favored in the rest of their games. But the likelihood of it happening are still low. It's like every year, you know, Tommy, when we go to the CFP and we start freaking out right now or or in these early weeks of the CFP rankings, by the end of it, it's much clearer and you're usually just like arguing about one team usually, right? Right now, it looks like you're like, oh, no, my, oh, what are we going to do with the CFP? Well, let them finish playing their games, and then let's see what happens. Most of the time, a lot of that gets worked out. I suspect that the same thing is going to happen here. A lot of it will get worked out. But, boy, if it doesn't and you get that three-way tiebreaker now, it, it's going to be a mess, and it's going to be one that K-State doesn't forget for a while because there's money involved, there's there's a lot involved. K-State's the big loser here if that happens. Yep. I mean, that's what why it's getting so much. I'm sure in Stillwater today, you know, they're like, thank you for making the rule correct, right? Like, this was so ridiculous. And they would have been the ones upset, you know, like, what are we doing if we're not being rewarded for winning the games against the team? You know, I so get that. I, I, I sympathize with Oklahoma State. They they beat both of the teams that they yeah. played against that are they're tied with, right? I get all of that. I understand their position. It's not about them, and it's not about that. It's about the way that the rule was written. And the Big 12, I don't know if they just, like, suddenly discovered that the rule was written poorly or if they thought, okay, it's not very well written, but we're probably not going to ever have this situation, which they probably should have had more foresight to understand that that might be likely. But in Week 12, you can't just go in and change the rule. Do it after the season. And make sure that it's clear and and concise and ready to go for future seasons so it doesn't happen again. Because now the Big 12 is in a position where you don't change the rule, somebody's mad. You do change the rule and somebody's mad. And, and I mean, really, honestly, the only true way, you mentioned the divisions moving forward. The only true way. That won't happen, though. Is to have a, I know. I, I'm, but what I'm saying is that the only true way to avoid this is to have a legitimate round robin. But you can't do that unless you've got divisions, and the Big 12 isn't going to do that. So they've opened the door for these convoluted tiebreakers to be maybe the norm moving forward. So you've got to have a clear path and a clear tiebreaker rule to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And they will moving forward. But, you know, look, I, I think that if you're a K-State fan today, like clear your anger and understand that you have to win the rest of your games to have a chance at any scenario and then you get back to what we thought it was, right? When I came in, after the after the, you know, game last weekend, I thought, okay, K-State's got to win out and have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State each lose a game. That's what I thought it was going to be anyway. Uh, and then everyone kept coming up with this rule, and they're like, no, actually, K-State gets in. And I'm like, wait, what? How? You know, like, how is that possible? Because here's what I assumed would be a tiebreaker, either head-to-head, right? Or if it's not there best you know common opponent maybe record or best team like texas so and ku lose or k-state loses all those tiebreakers so they were just like there was this like 
this weird scenario that existed, but it was there in the rules, within the rules. So now we have to. It's like a third grader wrote those rules. And I don't know if like maybe nobody like proofread, proofread it. I'm not sure. Very poorly written. So I'm on no, board. I, I, think I think everybody was... is on board that it needed to be clarified in the future. I just think that they're upset about the timing, and I get it. Well, sure, and and it is bad timing. You can't change the rules in the middle of a season, which they did. They can say clarify all they want. That's a very selected word on purpose, but it's not clarifying. It's changing, and that's the problem. When it, it's it's just tricky because the change was very needed, uh, but it, timing's. Timing's not good. Congratulations to Bobby for winning our Hunger Games tickets. We'll give away another pair of those in the next hour. On the way out this hour, though, let's do some HTO. Uh, we'll get you. We'll, let's do a couple of. Let's do a couple of coffee cards today. If you haven't tried the HTO Brew House, uh, you can get all kinds of iced hot coffee, espresso drinks. These will be good for the Wichita East location or the location in Derby. Of course, it's Thanksgiving season. You can pre-order your Thanksgiving gallons of iced tea at any of the HTO locations uh, for until Sunday. You can get a special rate, four gallons for $19.99. That is a discount. You pick it up either the Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But this giveaway right now for some free coffee, free brew house. We'll do it. First caller during the break, 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. More movie tickets next hour. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Congratulations to Alex for winning some HTO Brewhouse coffee. Uh, can't get enough Chiefs coverage? Check out New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey, free on the Odyssey app. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, or Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift news. I still can't believe you didn't let me know, Tommy, that all this stuff was happening over the weekend in Argentina. Look, I didn't realize that I was in charge of giving you all of that information. I thought you of could find gossip it yourself. news. Yes. Why am I the source absolutely. for that, though? I didn't know that like that was my job. Did you know that it's happening? Well, yeah, I knew it was happening. I saw it on it's, social there media. You go. You have to understand for the person sitting on the other side of your microphone here. I, I got nothing. When it comes to that stuff, like I have been passed up a long time ago with what's cool and hip and you trendy. Think I know what's cool and hip and trendy. I do. I do. I think you're keeping up with this stuff better than I am. I don't I don't follow this stuff like I'm not as active in the world of, you know, what's happening out there. I, Neither it's, am it's I. Everything. I. Like, I don't know why you think all of a sudden I'm this beacon of. Celebrity gossip. Look at me. Do did I you look know like this I know was, did you, what's going on with Taylor Did you Swift? know this was happening? Yes, I saw that this particular thing was happening, but I didn't realize Have you missed that anything? Over, Have you missed any I'm of the sure, news? I'm sure I've missed something. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. And and it's not like a knock. Like I, It's a fault of mine. Like It's all I can do to keep up with sports and everything else going on in life. Look, so I'm, now that— I'm telling you, though, if you are relying on me to you be your also source have of an information— I'm going you to also let have you an down. informant. You're, I, I highly doubt your wife is going to let you slip through the cracks on your on the latest Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey gossip. Correct? Like I know that. Yeah, okay. I know that I'm going to get my fill when I get to work. Uh, one of my co-anchors, Rachel Hackbarth, is a total Swifty. Uh, one of our meteorologists is a Swifty. So I get it once I get to work. But like all this stuff that happened. 
I didn't know about it until 3.55 on Monday afternoon. Uh, I had no clue. I want to clarify really quick. You said one of your meteorologists is Ross Jansen, a major Swifty. Is that what you're saying? No, he's not. It's okay. not Ross. It's uh, Adrian Campa, who's much okay. younger gotcha. uh, and, and of the generation to be a big Taylor Swift fan. And so is Rachel. And if, if Ross was a major no, Swifty. He's not. In fact, he, he joins in with us as okay. we, you know, kind of poke fun at – you know, but but we're old. Ross is as old as we are, so it's like he, we're we've all been passed by. Like yeah. we're not we're we're not hip to the times of what that even means to be a Swifty. And and I think Taylor Swift is cool, and like I think her songs are kind of cool, at least the ones I've heard. And maybe a younger version of myself could have found himself being a Swifty. I, it's totally possible. Like I think Miley Cyrus is that cool. Now I don't, but I don't know what all goes into being a Swifty. Like, right. I don't even know what – I still don't even know what that means. But, you know, I know there's a lot of them around the station. And when this first story first came out, like, you'd hear a lot of people be like, oh, oh yeah, I'm a Swifty. And this is – and I'm like, where are – like, what, what's happening? How many of you are there? And there's yeah. lots. So yeah, I've learned right. that. And in a, in a previous life, I was very involved in music radio. That was what I did for a long time. And, totally. Um, yeah. I've kind of distanced myself away from that a little bit as I've gotten older Um, and honestly, like I, I don't follow Taylor like I used to when, you know, eight or nine or 10 years ago, like I was, I was pretty into it because that was my day-to-day job. But I, 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 again, like the fact that like, I don't have that inside knowledge like I used to in that world. I'm going to let you down if you lean on me for celebrity gossip. Not on this story. You're not because they're the, the way that people follow the chiefs on Twitter or whatever. There's no chance that you because you scroll it more than I do. I, I'm on there when I'm working actively so that I see the things that are happening. But I very much rely on other people sending me information like through text, whether it's something like I get a lot of my news from people texting me things that I don't see because I'm not actively on there all the time. I can't be. I don't have time. And so when I'm at work, I am. I have it open when I'm at work. But like on a Sunday afternoon, I didn't have it open. I don't know what's happening. Like I'm just watching games and and cooking food or whatever else we're doing. So I need help. And I know, I know that your wife is not going to let you miss any bit of gossip when it comes to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey or probably a lot of other, you know, celebrity information. My wife, if she did, and she had seen this too. And I asked her, I'm like, did you not see all this stuff? She's like, oh yeah, I saw it, but I'm annoyed by it now. And I'm like, okay, well you're out. You're not going to be my source of information. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. I mean, now uh, that because, I know that I got, there's this expectation that you have of me, like I'm going to actually have to try to live up to that expectation. Well, just we already do that with sports stories to make sure all day. It's like, did you see this? Did you see this? This pops through. I, I don't I don't I, I and I don't know how like what's so amazing about this recent development is that I didn't see it because I do like at times pop on there on the weekends, but how that went through with how, you know, chiefs coverage is anybody does, you know, they, everybody has to react right to anything that happens with the chiefs. How did it, how did that slip through? Like I'm telling you until three fifty five Monday afternoon, when I walked out into the studio, I had no idea that there was the kiss and he was hanging out with her dad and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, what happened? Over my head. She changed the lyrics to one of her songs to reference the Chiefs. I saw that now. I I don't know what that means. I I mean, I'm having fun with it. I don't care anymore. Like, the part of me caring is it was gone probably a week earlier than I predicted, which was 
I, I thought it would go on for about three weeks before you know most of us would be tired of it. It was about two for me, where I was like, yeah, this is fun. I'm having fun with it. I hope for the best for them, but I don't really care anymore. Um, but that, you know, like, I'm surprised. I'm just like, I'm a little hurt that nobody told me that any of that stuff happened until 24 hours after the fact. All right, lesson learned. I mean, I guess from now on, I'll just blow up your phone with updates on well, what's the other... happening with Taylor Swift. Or, or, yeah, I mean, anything of relevance to us here. I mean, if it's not within a game, I probably didn't see it. That's my own fault. I get it, but so it is what it is. Uh, you can, again, that, that got brought up. That wasn't intention of where we were going. I was going to go in there and talk about Deshaun Watson and his shoulder injury. So we'll do that when we come back and start off the next hour. Congratulations again to Alex and Bobby for winning our giveaways. We'll give away another pair of movie tickets in the second hour. We'll take your calls on that IHOP hotline. Lots of fun stuff coming up today. Uh, we can revisit KU Kentucky in an incredible uh, sort of big first spotlight game of the college basketball season for us around here. Uh, we can look ahead for Wichita State. They start a tournament tomorrow afternoon, so we can talk about that a little bit. A lot to come in hour number two. It's all Brockton Caster. Jad Chambers producing. This is Sports Daily.